Hello, good morning and welcome to Freelance Mum Facebook Live. I'm Faye, founder of Freelance Mum. And if you like what you see and hear and feel and everything else, perhaps not taste today, um, then do come and check us out um, and join our free Facebook group, The Mothership. You can try us free for 30 days and then sign up for £15 a month. But before we get to all of that, um, I'd like to welcome my guest today. It's Robin Waite. He's the founder of Fearless Business uh, to talk about goal setting. First of all, I hope it's not too late to say Happy New Year to you, Robin. Oh, it's never too late. I think you can say Happy New Year all the way through January, can't you? I think you can. Then let's yeah. do it. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Is it, is it off to a good start for you? Is it busy? It's this is my busiest month of the year, typically. So, yeah, so we're we're kind of um, everybody's, you know, had that that two weeks off over Christmas and New Year. And they're thinking, right, it's about time I sorted my business out. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm inundated with sort of inquiries and things like that at the moment, which is lovely. Um, but it's kind of like one of those things where you kind of get through January and they're like, right, I'm ready for a break again. So, yeah. <laughs> good. It's a good place to be. It's a happy problem. Absolutely. We like that. So, Robin, we're here today to talk about goal setting. And obviously, that's a really important thing as small business owners. But it also can feel a bit vague, you know, a bit like, oh, hang on. Uh what am I supposed to be saying? How do I actually set a goal? Because we all want to grow. We all want to succeed. We all want to, you know, um, be ambitious. But those can just feel like words. How do you actually sit down and nail down what your specific goals are? And then perhaps more importantly, work backwards and actually make them happen? Yeah, I mean, so a lot of people at this time of year, they're, they're, they're kind of resetting their goals and kind of journaling and things like that. But they'll be writing quite vague things in for those goals. Um, things like I want to help more people this year or I want to make more money or I want to move house this year or something like that. And it, it, it's like imagine going out into and asking the universe without going too woo woo for more people. Do you think the universe knows whether to give you two more people or two million more people? You know, imagine if two million customers showed up on your doorstep. Great problem to have, but because you'd be massively oversubscribed. But also there's a lot of logistics, logistical problems which potentially come with that. So um, we have to be a little bit more specific when it comes down to setting our goals. So, you know, rather than saying I want to make more money, let's say you're earning, I don't know, £25,000 a year. Um, why don't you ask the universe for £50,000 this year and then mm -hmm. see what happens? And the nice thing about that is when you start to get it, and I talk a lot about money and it's not actually about the money. I'm not being capitalistic, by the way. It's more so because uh, like numbers are something which we can visualize and get a feeling for. And they, they, they tend to be quite specific, especially when you start using numbers. So it's not necessarily about the money as such and like, you know, driving around in Lamborghinis and things like that. This is actually more so just about having something clear and specific that we can then measure against. So if you then want to, you know, make 50K this year, well, if you make 49,000, you know, you've fallen slightly short of it. If you make 51,000, you know, you've over achieved your goal, you know, mm -hmm. you're roundabout there. Um, and it just gives you something that then you can kind of check back in on periodically and make sure you're on track. The other thing as well about goal setting, when people are saying, I want more pe people to help, I want more money in my business. Um, it's it's also not just about the specificity. It's about the fact that what they've done is um, they've, you have like three, three time zones, okay, past, present and future. And many people operate in uh, past and present because that's what they know and this is this is how they feel about themselves sort of right now that this is what they know is going on right now it's obviously very hard to predict what's going to happen in the future and so what that does is it tends to create a little bit of fear fear of the unknown basically like you know imagine if you're um 
uh, typical sort of childhood fears around sort of fear of the dark. You know, you leave your cupboard open and it's fear like, oh, I can't see what's there. So I don't know what's there. And then all the brain sort of things start going off. But the grown up version of this in business is um, I, I, don't, I can't set a goal of 100K this year because I, I don't know how I'm going to get there. And I don't know what it's going to feel like when I get there. And I don't know if that's really me. And there's, so there's all these fears like, you know, wrapped up in that statement, again, because it's quite vague. So um, one of the things which you and, and the other thing as well, because it's projected out there in the future, um, what we've inadvertently done is we've given ourselves permission to put it off now. So we don't really do anything about it now. We're like, oh, it's okay. I'm going to I'm going to earn the money in like by the end of December. So I, I just won't do anything today because I've got another 365 days. And then the next day goes and the next day and the next day. And then you get to March and you're like, oh, but Easter's coming up. So we'll just chill out for a couple of weeks. And then I'll just kick back on after that. And then, and so it kind of carries on. And then we get to December and we're like, <gasps> that goal I set for myself. <gasps> oh no, I haven't done any of the stuff, right? So it's, so it, what we have to do is, um, uh, there's, there's two things which we need to do when we're setting goals, especially sort of future-based goals. And you mentioned something which is very, um, uh, very important. Like you set your goal and then you work your way backwards. But first of all, you've actually got to put the fight, flight, and freeze, um, like the emotions, to, to bed. Because what's going to happen is where where that fear of the unknown kicks in. It's like any new piece of information you get given. Uh, it triggers the, I think it's the reticular activator system in the back of your brain. So a new piece of information comes in from one of your one of your five senses. And um, at that point, um, you, you have like three filters. Okay, so you have the reptile brain, the monkey brain, and then the empire builder brain. And the reptile brain is the one which is just like it here, it gets that new piece of information and fight, flight, freeze kicks in. And it's like, oh, it's like shit scared. I have to run away from it. I have to fight it. Or you're just so scared you just freeze, right? Um, and um, that that's kind of where our, our natural, like, instinctive behaviors come from. And generally, many people haven't, you know, still haven't learned to control a lot of those when they get into adulthood because it's based on, again, past experiences, which generally speaking, probably a majority may not have been pleasant. And so that's what drives, you know, that's actually designed as a, like a, um, that's our safety mechanism to keep us safe, basically. Um, we remember a lot more of the bad things than we do necessarily the good things. Um, it's just a natural part of human instinct, a survival instinct, basically. So then we just have to rationalize it. Um, like the reality is when you're like in business, you know, it's not like you're on the plains of Africa, you know, where you, get, you have to walk down to the river to get water and you could get eaten by hippos and lions and crocodiles and things like that. That's actually quite dangerous. In business, the reality is there's only two things that are going to happen this year that could potentially go wrong. One is things don't work out financially, which isn't great, but it's not a disaster because there's always ways to mitigate that. And the second thing is, um, you know, maybe we lose face. Maybe we look a bit stupid. Maybe we do a launch and nobody, you know, nobody like follows us likes our comp like likes our post signs up to our thing right but like then then actually the reality is like nobody's really seen us if that happens so the only person we look stupid to is ourselves right but mm -hmm. in our mind we're thinking oh this is a disaster and everybody thinks i'm an idiot but the reality is no everybody else is too busy doing their own stuff they don't really care about your mm -hmm. stuff so it's only the like internally something which you'll you, know, you end up kind of going around in the washing machine and beating yourself up over this stuff so we just start to have to kind of reframe that so um, the second second filter is actually the monkey brain. So the monkey I brain. I wanted to ask about that. I was like, right, we've got yeah. reptile, we've got a monkey. Is this when you've the got monkey those monkeys brain. on your back? Is that right? 
Well, the mon the monkeys are just you, you know um where, I can't remember who it was, but um famous philosopher said if you put a thousand monkeys in a room with typewriters, eventually mm -hmm. they'll type out a page or a sonnet from Shakespeare, mm -hmm. right? So it's that notion of just doing the monkey, just mm -hmm. doing the do. You know, it's the thing. The monkey brain is the thing which um gets us up in the morning, makes us have a shower, makes us brush our teeth. Um, when we get comfortable doing things like social media, it makes us do our our reels in the morning, and it makes mm -hmm. us so it does all all of the stuff that we do habitually and by routine that's the monkey brain's job it's just there just to do monkey see monkey do and mm -hmm. off it goes right the empire builder bit, bit of the brain so when you've gone through you have to go through reptile brain monkey brain and then finally you get to empire builder brain and this is where you use the the frontal lobes of your brain which is where like all of the creative juices happen and as it sounds that's the bit where we have these amazing ideas which ultimately you know end up formulating the idea for your business this year and the strategy you're going to do to implement it and all of the activities and you can break it down and you feel motivated and you know that when you don't when you start to dip and you don't feel motivated your empire build brain it's like no come on we've got this so it's like that really positive part of the brain that, that kind of you know creates growth you'll go through the first two filters first and so what happens is when you project um a goal that is in the future and the fear kicks in it's rare that you can get to the empire build a part of the brain so we have to like reprogram that so i'm going to stick with the, the money so if i want to earn a hundred thousand pounds this year um, I don't say I want to earn £100,000 in 12, like by the end of 2022. What we have to do is we have to trick the reptile brain mm. into thinking that it already exists and it's perfectly safe. Okay. And the way mm. to do that is, um, and again, without, this isn't woo woo. This is just, this is just, uh, we, well, we've all heard it. When you say your goal to somebody else and you put it out there, I'm going to write a book, right? Now we've got friends who are going to hold us to account and mm. actually say, well, I can't, I don't want to look stupid. I have to write the damn book now because I said I'm going to do it, mm -hmm. right? So inevitably, just the the mere act of saying that we're writing a book um, will help us to start to bring it out into the universe and do the thing that we said we're going to do. Now, you probably, it's very subtle, you probably didn't notice the language there, okay? If I say my goal this year is to write a book by the end of the year, what I've done is I've put it off and it's happening in 12 months time, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. The language I used then was I am writing a book. Mm. Yeah, or I so am an present, author. Present tense. Present, brings yeah. it right down into the present moment. And so at that point, then the brain is, and, and you have to practice these affirmations for like 30 days, 60 days, literally every day, write down your goals and make them super specific. And I'm going to come back to that again in a second. Make them super specific, but bring them into the present. So I am earning a hundred thousand pounds. I am writing, I am an author. I am writing a book. Um, I, if, if you have aspirations to, I don't know, move from either a town to a different town or maybe move from a, a two-bedroom house to a four-bedroom house. Mm -hmm. I, I own a four-bedroom house. So it's like very much like you're already doing it. And you one or two times a day, morning and evening, you just sit down in front of the mirror and you read out your affirmations two or three times. And then eventually you'll start to remember them and you just you'll be sat there. And I remember, this is this is a story, everybody's going to probably think I'm a bit weird now, Faye. So, but this is, um, I, a couple, like when I first started out coaching and I got taught this methodology, um, uh, I I'd, I'd, um, I was so determined with my business, like in, in year one of my coaching practice. And I'd set out all my goals of, you know, six figure coach and 50 events this year and podcast and this, that and the other. And I was going to do it all. And then um, it just, this is in just a, this one moment things weren't didn't really feel like they were going to plan for me and I'm about mm. six months into this plan and I've been crushing I've been doing really bloody well actually and it's going really well but I wasn't quite achieving what I'd, what I'd set out to achieve and then um, somebody cut me up in traffic and I got really angry right 
But all of a sudden, because I'd been going through this process with my coach of doing these affirmations, but that in that in that that moment of like dark energy, this massive burst of positivity came mm-hmm. out, and I was like, you know, and normally you'd be like effing and blinding, and screw you, you cut me up, and you know, this time I was like, I am earning hundred thousand, I am, <laughs> you know, and it was like, like all of my positive affirmations came out. And then lo and behold, like I just created this massive burst of energy and it um it was a really enlightening experience. And like all, just bizarrely, I mean, I, I think because it was just this big burst, like everything started to click in that moment because it was just like, right, I'm doing this, come hell or high water, I am doing this. And that's the most important thing. So there's loads, Robin, you're just this great source of energy and information. I kind of want to get into all of it all at once. It's really cool. Um First of all, let's talk about those three. We've got the reptile, the monkey and the empire builder. And I think we can all relate to having a bit of all of those elements. So, for example, from my personal experience started this year, I'm like, yes, I am the empire builder. I am doing this thing called 2022 and I'm reaching my goals. I had three, four really good days. And then guess what? On day four, whatever, I just felt a bit depleted. I've been putting a lot out there. I was like, I'm I'm really, t- I'm, you know, I don't know if that was the rep, that must have been the reptile then saying, whole, you know, how do you then, you've got this triangle, you've got these three um, things. We we are, after all, human beings as well. So we can't, we do want to empire build, we do want to be this empire, we can do all of that. But actually that high energy stuff can be exhausting. So what do you do in those moments where, yeah, you're just a human being and you're feeling a bit like, oh, what do I do next without the, letting the reptile in? Just stop. Okay. It's that simple. Yeah. Stop. Stop and think. It's just a that's a, that is actually the empire build a bit of the brain working there because reptile part of the brain would actually have made you probably just go and curl up under a duvet and be completely useless for a day, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, you were kind of like it, what you did is the right thing. You kind of you listened to you you know you tuned into what your body was telling you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you acknowledge that feeling, positive or negative, doesn't matter. It's always helpful to acknowledge feelings because they're there mm-hmm. to give us a bit of useful information and tell us something. Mm-hmm. And then and then it's but it's it's a matter of whether like what a lot of people do is they're like they then try and fix if there's a problem they then try and fix it. So we end up in this. So think of a think of a triangle of behaviors, emotions, um, and thoughts. And it's a vicious cycle. So most most of our emotions and behaviors are actually governed by our thought process. So mm-hmm. um, uh, imagine if you're just, uh, if you set really lofty goals and you felt that it was too overwhelming and your brain's just like, oh my, I can't do this. That's, mm-hmm. that's the thought process. Emotionally, what's that gonna do? It's gonna make you feel drained. It's gonna make you feel down. It's gonna make you feel like, like low and not 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 energetic depleted right mm. so what's your behavior going to be it's going to reinforce that feeling and that thought the behavior is mm. going to be um i'm going to hide like i'm going to mm. retreat okay so it's a negative behavior mm. which then makes you feel worse because then you now guilt guilt starts to creep mm. in so we're back to thoughts again oh god that I said i was going to do that thing for that person i didn't do it and then that makes you feel worse so you retreat more and so there's this vicious cycle which happens and the the thing is just to one one you have to tune into your thoughts and emotions be more aware of them and and if you're just busy all the time you get no time to think about stuff mm-hmm. you get no time to tune into those emotions because you just like your adrenaline kicks in especially on the feeling side of things and you just do stuff and um and then and then you just get absolutely worn out and it just gets to a point of like that's where mm-hmm. you get burnout and you know breakdowns happen and just you know you, you end up your body normally just um uh physically you just get a cold 
or in this case, probably COVID or something like that. You know, do you, you, you physically, your body just gives up as well eventually because it's just all of that adrenaline is just gone. It's just like worn you out. Mm-hmm. But what you can do is at any point in between the steps in that cycle, you know, thoughts, emotions, behaviors, you can, you can kind of create a short, like fuse the circuit, so to speak. So when you start to have that that negative um, thought and that negative emotion coming up, so I can't remember if we talked about this before, but um, I like to personify my, I call them the saboteurs in our lives, in our businesses. I like to personify them, okay? So if, for example, your, your negative thoughts and emotions cr- cause for you to procrastinate, right? Mm-hmm. Let's give it a name. Let's call him like procrastination Pete, right? <laughs> and imagine, imagine if you were down the pub and like, you know, you're with your mates and then your girlfriends and then um oh, procrastinate. You see him walk into the bar, Pete walks into the bar and you're like, oh God, it's procrastination, Pete. Oh, I really <laughs> want it to be there. And you know, every time he sees you, he's like, oh, hi, Faye. It's me, procrastination, Pete. Can I come and sit at your table and have a drink with you? And you're like, oh, really? You don't want to be rude. So you let him sit at your table. You've only got an hour with your girlfriends and then he's been there for like 50 minutes. And you're like, oh God, I've only got 10 minutes with my friends now. And you're just too nice to actually tell procrastination, mm-hmm. Pete, to do one right mm. imagine different scenario and this is where you create that shortcut and this is why it's useful to have that personification it's very mm. hard to actually label our thoughts and emotions a lot of the time so if you actually create a person out of it a personality mm. out of it because we we have our saboteurs the same saboteurs keep on showing up you know um yeah, frustrated freddie shows up per- procrastination pete shows up i don't know you've got all these different personalities mm. that show up periodically in our lives the worst thing you can do is just allow them to come in and sit there, right? So mm-hmm. what we do is we we do acknowledge them. We say, hi, Pete. Pete's, we notice Pete's turning with his pint. He's about to come and sit at our table. And we say, I'm really sorry, Pete, but I'm with my girlfriends tonight. I've only got an hour with them. Can you go and sit somewhere else tonight? So mm-hmm. we actually acknowledge Pete's existence. He's there to tell us something. Like that's his job to give us a clue. Mm-hmm. Our natural instinct as human beings, survival instinct is to take a, a fearful negative approach to what he's telling us. He's there to warn us, but actually he's there to give us a useful bit of information, which is about this feeling of thought that we've had. And then we just send him on his way. Mm-hmm. And then we can focus on the good stuff, like sitting there and having a drink with our, our mates. So does that kind of, does that kind of make sense? I love that. And naturally, like straight away, your behavior is elevated. You have fun with your friends. You feel more relaxed. You feel, it's like, you feel happy, get dopamine hits. And like, everything's like really positive. And so then that feeds positive thoughts, positive emotions, positive behavior patterns. So we've kind of just broken it. You can't, there's, we will, you said we're humans. We're always going to go back to those places where it's a bit deep and dark and, Mm -hmm. you know, um, we're we're not fulfilling our goals and our ambitions and things like that. And the negative thoughts, feelings and behaviors will pop in. That's okay. But the trick is not to spend time dwelling on it. Like if, if you're pissed off with something or somebody, be like, set yourself a timer, give yourself five minutes to be pissed off with them, move on. (laughs) You know, it's, it's just not worth it. Yeah, not worth your energy. I absolutely. I try and explain this to my nine-year-old um, when she's, you know, having a bit of a grumble about something. Like, look, Jemima, you've only got so much headspace. Imagine your headspace as a bar of Cabra's chocolate. At the moment, you're giving away six of those chunks of that bar of chocolate to that headspace on that person. Stop it. You know, hold back. Maybe just give it one chunk of chocolate, and then and then give the rest of the chunk to playing with whatever you want to do today. You know. Um, I want to ask you something else um, because you've used a turn of phrase that a lot of people use. It's quite popular now, but I want to actually specifically ask, what do you mean by 
putting it into the universe. Because I think that we hear it a lot now, and some people mean slightly different things by it. Some people might think, oh, is it what goes around comes around? If I'm nice to this person, um, will something good come back to me? Um, if I send out 10 emails, will something eventually come back down the line? You personally, Robin Waite, what do you mean by putting it into the universe? Yeah, well, I, I'm not, I, I don't believe in manifestation because manifestation mm -hmm. without action is just a, it's a, it's a dream. Right. It's a it's that that's like wishing you're going to win the lottery without actually going out and buying the ticket. It's like mm -hmm. it just doesn't work like that. But the thing is, when you actually project something out into the universe, I say it or mm -hmm. physically start to take action towards it. It is more likely that it is going to happen. You're just pushing the needle a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. that way in terms of um, creating success for yourself. Um, I'm not I'm not particularly so I I mean I went to this is just a personal thing I went to um I went to a cathedral school for seven years over in Gloucester so um so I, I've been brought up as a Christian and and um you know we used to go into the cathedral three days a week and so I, but you know I've had all of that religious sort of indoctrination into me but I'm not particularly religious in fact I probably you know go so far as to say I'm an atheist but I do believe there is a, a higher power out there but it's actually um, I believe it's more about what is um, figuring out what's in your control and what's not in your control. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that higher power is actually governed by you ultimately. Mm -hmm. And if you're, if you're, if you have ethical, high, good ethical, you know, good ethical and moral compass and um, you do the right thing. I always say that money is a byproduct of a job well done. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's not a measure. It doesn't just because you haven't made enough money doesn't necessarily mean you haven't done a good job. Mm -hmm. um, but generally speaking, like too many people go money first and then like fulfillment afterwards, as mm -hmm. in fulfillment with client work, for example. Whereas actually, I believe that, you know, ethically, morally, with your core values and everything else, you should be out, put, put yourself out into the world, help as many people as you possibly can, irrespective of however much you get paid. It it's actually comes from um, some, uh, the Japanese um, philosophy. Around, it's called Ikigai, mm -hmm. it's where they talk about vocation, passion, purpose and profession. I think that's the right one. Mm -hmm. So the idea is that you should have something that is vocational, that's of benefit to other people, not just yourself. OK, but that you can also have a deep interest in it. In it. Um, it should have a sense of high purpose. So it should be, you know, there to make, you know, your goal should be to make the world a better place. Mm -hmm. um, professional, you know, the professional side of it, you should make some money from it. That's that's OK. Um and the thing is, like, there's the, the four corners of Ikigai. You kind of need all four, four corners to achieve Ikigai. The Japanese talk about achieving Ikigai. And um, even when, for example, Japanese people retire, so say, for example, the vocation and maybe the profession side of things ch shifts for them, they don't just go, oh, okay, I'm done with those. There's a bit of a, I don't know whether it's a British or a Western culture <laughs> thing, but we, we see retirement as like, right, I'm going to go traveling or I'm just going to sit in my chair and I don't know, do you ever watch Netflix all afternoon or, or whatever it is? Mm. But the Japanese are very driven in so much that they'll be like, right, my vocation's changed, my profession, my professional side of things changed because now I'm not earning money. Um, so I'm going to go and find something else to fill up those two things. So it could be that their profession changes while well, maybe they've got a retirement funds, so they don't need to earn money. So what I'll do is I'll go and work for a charity instead or I'll go and work <laughs> for a, a local school and teach the children. So they, they fill up these four pillars of Ikigai mm. At all you know throughout their life it's a i think it's a western thing where we think oh i'll get to 60 what is it 67 now because mm -hmm. they put the age up and i'll retire and stop working and that's kind of the end of things 
I love I love that the whole notion of actually you're continuing to be you always be the word consultant comes to mind but I don't quite like that word at the same time but I also like the fact that we can become elders within our own community um, and that if you've become an expert you've grown up in this field you've taught you must have accumulated such a wealth of knowledge and experience it actually feels immoral to stop <laughs> you know yeah. there's so much wisdom to pass on and continue to share um, and by cultivating that that um, attitude actually allows you to you know continue life in a slightly different way I, uh, I really like it one of my um I don't I don't want this to be happy I don't want it to be morose but this is it's a really pertinent story and this will just get people thinking about um like let's achieve something big this year let's let's all agree right now that we're going to do something really big but one of my mentors a guy called Dan Priestley Daniel Priestley he's written four books um he's an Aussie he's got a really unique um, perspective on the world especially on the business world around how we manage the empire part build a part of the brain and ideas and things like that and um uh, dan is like a very big um uh, proponent of books he said books is the, like that for everybody has a book in them and a book is a way of like leaving a, a legacy whether it's just like that that's your putting something out into the universe physically that is just going to outlive you in some way shape or form you know other people, other people, more well-known people, it could be a TV documentary or a, you know, your podcast or it could, there's all these different things that you can put out there. But he said, so he's like a big fan of books and he was the one who encouraged me to start writing as well um, uh, through one of his programs. And um, he told a very sad story last year. Um, a very close friend of his who was in his early 40s had um, contracted COVID and ultimately ended up passing away. But for the two years, two or three years prior to that and, and getting there to Dan better, this guy kept on saying, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to write a book. And Dan kept on saying, well, you'd be selfish not to. It'd be like, you know, because you've got so much good mm -hmm. stuff to. And very sadly, this guy passed away having never, he'd started it but never finished a book. And, um, and Dan was just like, you know, I... I miss my friend and it's very sad for his family and things like that. But there's also this really powerful message that just isn't going to live on after him. And, and so many people put off like writing a book is a big deal. It's not, it's no, you know, I'm not playing down the fact that it, it's a year. It can take a year to write a book and get it published and things like that. It might be that you write the book and nobody ever buys it or one person buys it. Mm -hmm. But even if that one person buys it and it, it transforms their life, like surely that makes the world just a slightly better place mm -hmm. rather than being a passenger and taking so much from the world. Why aren't we just that little bit more generous with our ideas and our thoughts and things like that and, and give them back to the world in some mm -hmm. way, shape or form. Like, so there are so you, you if I've, it's like yellow car syndrome. I've now said this Faye, mm -hmm. you will start to notice people in life who are just passengers. Mm -hmm. They're just there for the free ride. They're there just to keep on taking stuff from everybody else. Mm -hmm. It sounds very negative. Um, but again, this is about procrastination. Pete, it's a similar sort of thing. Or, only these people are showing up and we're manifesting them and bringing them into our lives in reality. Like this year, make a pact with yourself that you're going to do something big. Mm -hmm. If you've got five people in your life who are, who are negative, cut them out of your life. Don't, don't have them in your life. Mm -hmm. why, why hang out with people who are going to bring you down yeah. Like make a goal for yourself to go and find five amazing positive people in your life. You probably already know them and go and spend more time with them. Like it's not, this stuff yeah. isn't rocket science. This is, this is the stuff that makes you happy at the end of the day. And it's ultimately going to lead to other people's happiness. You know, like 
Um, I got a sorry. I'm going on a bit of a rant here. No, I'm loving it, Robin. It's fine. Um, it's great. It's really I got a message. Brilliant. I got a message before Christmas from um, amazing young woman who's kind of just starting out in business, um, and um, she, she runs a dog grooming parlor. She got she she um, got introduced to me by a, a, a mutual sort of connection and got hold of a copy of Take Your Shot. This fills me up with joy. She got hold of a copy of Take Your Shot. She's fully booked in January. Wow brilliant best month ever for her and i like all, all it's cost her is like 3.99 on kindle or 9.99 for the paperback in fact she probably even got a free copy of take your shot you know for my website right mm -hmm. um and i i don't care if she never becomes a client or not as long as she keeps in touch and she had the decency just to send me that message and say robin i'm so grateful for the book look at my diary she sent me a snapshot of a diary she's like yeah. fully booked in january loads of dots all over it and i was like it's just, it just that fills me with joy um, and I, I've, I always say like, um, cause like so many business, I know I talk a lot about business. I'm a business owner, business coach is what I do, but, um, so many people when they go out and they've set their goals, they've worked out what activities are going to get them towards those goals. So, um, you know, let's say you want to earn a hundred thousand pounds this year and, um, the average price point of your, whatever it, your widgets that you sell is a thousand pounds. Well, you've got to find a hundred clients to buy them. Mm -hmm. Most people will go out and they'll be like, they'll take anybody. I'll just go and find a hundred, the first hundred people, take their money, things will go wrong. And then they'll go, ah, it was their fault, right? Now me, if something goes wrong in my business, the one person who is responsible for that is me, mm -hmm. okay? There are things which are in my control within that, things which are out of my control within that, but ultimately the responsibility lies with me. And, and I would rather be poor, homeless and destitute than take somebody's money when they're not a good fit for fearless business. Mm. And but and I but I sat very sadly. I don't think not everybody carries that same sort of like moral and ethical compass. Mm -hmm. They put themselves first, not their prospective clients and their mm -hmm. needs. And I think that's super important. That that's the long that's the long version of the short version, which is um, if you you know money is a byproduct of a job well done. If you do the job well, you'll get paid handsomely for it somewhere down the line, whether it's like a week a month, a year, 10 years down the line, you'll be paid back for it. Um, I absolutely love that, Robin. It's brilliant. And it's about not feeling guilty. I think we sort of, had, I don't know if it's a British thing particularly, um, I was going to say, I don't even know if it's a female thing. I think it doesn't matter what you are really. A lot of people seem to be a bit like, oh, you know, no, it's all right. There's a sort of slight awkwardness about money and actually having some positive mindset and that, no, I'm worth it. I'm good at what I do. I'm giving back. And I and I'm I deserve that. I want to pick up on a lovely comment we've had from Leslie, who's um Leslie Waldron, fab friend of mine. Uh, love the idea and freelance mum of thinking about our legacy and not wasting all the knowledge and experience I've gained. Last year I had writing a book on my goals, but didn't get beyond an outline. You spurred me on to add this to my goals. Now, Leslie, one of the things that Leslie has also mentioned, um, and I think Leslie, I saw you put it on Facebook, which I thought was a really great point, is that some people at the moment, Robin, what with the last couple of years. Um, are struggling now with setting goals. They're yep. a bit like, well, blinking Nora, I set goals in 2020. I set goals in 2021. I don't even know if I dare set goals in 2022. Will surviving just do? Hi, I'm still here. <laughs> I'm in business. You know, like, will that do? Because I think we've all had to, you know, we've, we've pivoted. We've pivoted again. You know, we've we. It, it's been a bonkers couple of years. Goal setting can therefore feel a bit... A bit nerve-wracking, actually. Yeah, well, it, uh, so you what you've alluded to there is kind of like the failure complex, basically. It's like you, you, if you set a goal, you're kind of setting yourself up for failure. But the thing is, you need to be detached from the outcome. The goal is there as like a signpost. It's just there to guide us 
and to kind of, you know, just to hopefully like point us in the right direction. It's not a definitive. If we hit it, great, we're a winner. If we don't hit it, we've lost lost out somehow. Um, again, personal story, you know, because I I, I I go through all of the ups and downs like every other business, do, business owner does. Um, the gear COVID hit. So what's that, 2020 and COVID hit. Um, I my intention for that year was that I was going to do um, I do a lot of speaking engagements, you know, interviews and things like that. But um, up until that point, I'd only sp spoken at the odd sort of um, big conference. And by big, I mean sort of in the region, about 250 plus people. So big, big issue. That's a big conference. Right. And um, so 2020, at the start of the year, I was like, right, I'm going to take this speaking thing more seriously. And I'm going to go and um, get myself booked onto a dozen big conferences Pay, and I, I won't do it for free. It will be paid unless there's a, a great partnership opportunity or, you know, something else. Um, that's one a month. OK, so by March 2020, I had already spoken at two. I had been booked for seven. Four of those were paid gigs in the order of several thousand pounds. So ticking the box, goal going great. Was it March the 29th comes around? You've got Boris Johnson announcing that we're all about to be locked down and everything else. Mm -hmm. Fucking cried. I'm not afraid to admit it. I just, I just, it was like proper rug pull. I was just, you know, and I, and I was beaten up as a result of that because I'd set out this big ambition. And then when I got over myself, I then realized, well, actually this, I can either see this as a, um, like be down and dejected about this and like take it personally, or I can find a way to kind of get through this and create some positivity and, uh, yes, I said goodbye to quite a lot of revenue in that moment. Thankfully, I was able to, there was a couple of those conferences were like, no, nah, we're not going to do it now. And I was like, sure, you don't want to do that online. I can help you with that. So ended up securing at least two of them that otherwise wouldn't have gone ahead because I then helped them get online using my, this, the empire build a bit of the brain. Mm. Um, a couple of them did go by the wayside, but then equally, I had, I had a moment of realization that I'd, um, and I, I, I've done paper rounds since I was like 14. I've never had a gap year. I've never had really any big long holidays or gone traveling or really had any breaks in my life. I'd worked up until 2020. I had pretty much worked for 24 years of my life from Paperboy up to through agent, through the systems analysis business, um, through the agency, through the coaching practice. And you know what I did? I thought in 2020 when that all kicked off and the weather's nice outside, I thought, sod it, I'm going to give myself a break. Mm. <laughs> and I, I did as little as possible that year. I, I don't mind admitting it. You know, I, I just did as little as possible. And hey, presto, it was one of the best, best years, both personally and business-wise, that I'd ever had. When things started to write themselves last year, I didn't, I didn't remember that. I went back into um, like creator mode. And I went to town and I, I, I weren't worked so hard last year to the point of burnout two or three times. So, mm. and, it, and I don't mind a cobbler's shoes. I'm a business coach. You know, I talk to people about burnout. Sometimes these things are so close to you that you don't notice it until it happens. So uh, this year I've kind of, I'm going to go, I'm going to reverse it. I know I've had, I always have a busy January and that's just a given. It's just, mm. an, I've just got so much flow coming in. It's hard. You know, you just have to manage the flow. Um, but this year, again, is going to be another year of do as little as possible in the nicest possible way. Do, mm -hmm. do Create as much value as you can for people, but with as little effort, uh, like mm -hmm. going back, talking back to 2020. And the, the thing is, like 2020 happened. And, and the thing was, it was out of my control. And I think that's why I didn't remember it. Mm -hmm. When you actually consciously make a decision to do something, it's a very different experience. And it creates very different patterns in your like blueprints in your brain, basically, that tar monkey brain, empire builder brain, 
there's different wires which are created when you choose to do something and when you're forced to do something. Because when you're forced to do something, typically it's that that's creating it. Okay. Mm. And when you're forced to do something from a place of fear, do you think your decisions are going to be good ones or bad ones? Mm. Inevitably, that they might work out well, but because your back's against the wall and your focus is so narrowed, those decisions aren't, they're not terribly good ones. And here's the reason why. First order, this is going a bit deep, but first order consequence of those decisions normally turns out okay. When our back's against the wall and we're operating from a place of fear, um, it's the second and third order consequences that tend to be the ones that trip us up, the ones that we can't see because we mm -hmm. haven't given ourselves time to slow down and think and figure out, well, if I do this, then this might happen and this might happen and this might happen. Do you mm -hmm. see? Mm -hmm. So inevitably they end up, it starts off good and then it, it tails off. So, mm -hmm. and that, that ultimately, you know, when, when I, when the rug gets pulled, March the 29th or whatever it is, 2020 rug gets pulled and I decided, right, I'm just going to not do anything. I didn't do it. I literally didn't barely anything for three weeks because it was mostly going to be based around speaking and things like that. And I, just, I focused on my existing clients and made sure that they were all okay and not operating from fear, didn't panic. And we had a plan and a strategy. Um, but that, that three weeks to think helped me figure out what those second, third and fourth order consequences are going to be. Mm. Um, but unfortunately it came from that place of out of control. So then I just went back to being Robin in 2021 and kind of, you know, my saboteurs start showing up, don't they? <laughs> yeah, and, and it's it's good to hear. I mean, I've already used the turn of phrase, but as one that I like, you know, we're all human, aren't we? And we are human and we have to, we deal with things in very real ways. And actually sometimes I, I'll never forget my midwife saying to me when I um, rocked up after having had Suki, my second daughter, and I was like, yeah, I've got this all, you know. And she just said, um, you need to take your Wonder Woman cloak off. Even Wonder Woman takes her cloak off, um, you know, otherwise it'll all hit you and I was I was just you know no no it's my second child I don't need any help I've absolutely got this but actually take your one Wonder Woman cape off is something that has always stayed with me and I think it's quite important to remember that that we are still all human and even Wonder Woman takes her cape off some days um before we finish Robin and it's been absolutely amazing talking to you and I'm sure that people are watching this feeling energized and just like wow that's so much. I'm kind of a bit, I'm, I'm saturated and possibly a little bit overwhelmed. If there's one thing that they can do after watching, um, watching this today, what can they do? What's the first thing they could do? Well, so, we, I mean, we talked about a lot about goal setting and things like that and what's going to derail you from achieving those goals. But um, there's a, a mountain um, in America called El Capitan. Okay, and it's it's a vertical rock face, and even for experienced climbers, it actually takes three days to climb up this mountain. Okay, because it's so complicated, they they even have to like pitch tents on this, hang tents off the side of the mountain, like to stay overnight, and then they start climbing again. I think the world record, um, the fastest guy to do it is like I think it took him sixteen or seventeen hours or something non-stop, top to bottom, and I mean that's like insane, like doing anything for that period of time, but let alone going vertical. So most people, what they do with their goals is they kind of make their goals and they walk up to the face of Al Capitan and look up and they're like whoa that's way too <laughs> overwhelming and like especially if you're not if you haven't if you're not an experienced climber as well you know mm -hmm. which most business owners are stepping out into the unknown when they set their goals for themselves because mm -hmm. that's that's what they're there to overachieve to stretch us so actually what what's much better uh, as an analogy is like you break it down into manageable steps so if the goal is to get um I don't know 20 new clients this year for example 
well, let's work that backwards. Actually, 20 new clients, God, that's quite overwhelming. I've got to speak to so many people. And I've got to do mm. all this stuff I've got to do in these events and these lead magnets, oh, and the website and the branding and that. And we spin ourselves up. So actually what we do is we just break, work it backwards. And we go, right, well, that's like one to two clients a month. That feels more manageable. Could mm. I do like five to eight consultations that are going to get me those one to two clients each mm. month? What do I need to do in order to get five to eight consultations this month? Well, probably going to a bit of networking. Cool, I can go mm. and book myself onto four networking meetings. So all we do is we just build these little stepping stones, mm. little steps that mm. gradually work our way up to the, the peak of El Capitan. Mm -hmm. And the most important thing is most people will carry on just building more steps. They won't get to the top of El Capitan and look back and go, holy shit, look what I've achieved. <laughs> we don't we don't because we just carry on that's what we're designed the empire builder brain just carries on building an empire but actually sometimes it's really important just to look back at like what you have achieved actually what's going to best inform you about what might may work this year in terms of achieving your goals and i know we mm -hmm. talked about you know past present and future may actually be to just look back over the past year and just look at the amazing work which you did mm -hmm. um one one of the best quotes i ever heard was we overestimate what we can achieve in a month and we underestimate what we can achieve in a year mm -hmm. if you go back and do a, an audit of last year you'll think holy cow i can't believe i did that much mm -hmm. and then and then it's like right well if i can do that i've got this yeah so do an audit go and do an audit and what you actually achieved last year take a moment look at it and think actually I'm good I'm really good at what I do and I want to do more of this and I deserve to get paid for this as well there's a comment that's just come in Robin um from Madeline and she said loving it and thank you so much to Amy Richards who we also know as Amy Box who flagged it up have made notes on a very small piece of paper I had to hand I'll now decipher it and do a live later with the key messages I want to take forward good for you really pleased to hear that Maddie um and best of luck with your goal setting this year listen Robin it's been fabulous um speaking to you again today it really has been ace um if anyone wants to get a copy of your book how can they do that because it is an awesome book isn't it yeah well if if you fancy um donating um something into my beer fund then you can go and grab it on amazon obviously take your shot and there's a there's a couple of chapters in there actually specifically about goal setting and then it kind of shifts gears into the productizing and pricing side of things um you know so you can be generous uh, donate some beer tokens i'd love that and it also helps the amazon algorithm as well um or if you would like a signed copy um some people aren't fussed either way but if you would prefer a signed copy um just head on over to fearless.biz forward slash tys for take your shot and I'll, I'll happily gift you a signed copy as well if you're happy to leave an amazon review super listen robin it's been awesome speaking to you it always has been thank you so much for your time today and have an amazing 2022 you too. Wishing you all the best, everybody, for 2022. Go and smash it. You've got this. You're 